0: together and do all kinds of fun stuff together. Uh, But this is the man of God for the hour itself. Stretch forth your hands, let's pray. God, I pray for Gable right now, God, that your words would be his words, and God, his words would be your words. God, that the anointing that's within him, God, that stirred, God, even when he got the invitation, God, that you continue that stirring, God, and let it be increased. God, I pray that your spirit would move him, God, and I pray that your spirit would move us to hear, to receive, let our hearts and minds and ears be open to receive your word tonight to receive your spirit moving and changing in us. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Yes, Brandon, you have a question?
0: I just felt okay. like I had a word during worship. Like, Bring it okay. Uh Okay. Brandon feels like you had a word
1: during worship. Stand, stand up. up? Okay. You know the routine here. Uh,
2: Alright. Uh, I felt like while we were worshiping, I got a picture of a house in a neighborhood and um, you know, like whenever you're buying a house, the value is based on what's in it and what's surrounding it. And I felt like every person in here is a house and you should base your value on what's in it, which is God's presence, and what's surrounding it is everybody else in here. All these other houses or all these other places. Like, you know, you go to a neighborhood and you're like, are there good schools there? Are there good places to eat? Well, here you get taught and you get fed. And that's where you should base your value off of God's presence in you and the family that you have here. Amen. Yes. Yes. And that's a good word.
1: Thank you, Brian. Can you guys hear me in the back if I talk like this? Yes. Okay, because I really don't want to use a mic. Can you hear me back there?
0: Yeah. Oh, come up on. Oh, there's seats. The seats
1: hey, yeah, there's seats up here in the front if you want to scoot up, you know. No? Are we be okay? Do I really need to use a mic?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Use a mic.
2: mic.
1: Just project. I broke the mic.
2: <laughs>
1: so this morning I saw my, uh, my nephew, Josiah. You guys all know Josiah? Yes. And I, Josiah comes walking in, and he's got his shirt off and his diaper on. And uh, check, check, check. And it looks like Josiah has been dieting and working out. And he's too. Yeah. Have y'all seen Josiah recently with the shirt on? The kid's ripped. He is the most ripped kid I've ever seen in my life. Oh, man, genetics. Wow. Genetics. Do you what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, for those of you guys that don't know me, like JJ said, my name is Gabriel Mays. I have been coming to LCMF now. Well, how long? when did we come here? Where's my wife? Oh, no. She's back. 2005, 2005. So 2005 is when I first met Eric. So I was here way back when. Um, I was a barista at a coffee shop, and I go to serve this guy who's got on this police hat, this Eric. And I go to serve him a coffee, and I've got a Hebrew tattoo on my wrist, which if you guys have had any time to spend with Eric, it just sparks his interest. So we started a conversation. Um, Debbie and I had actually joined uh, at an Assemblies of God church in Richmond, And we were supposed to start on staff on the following Sunday. Well, the Saturday night prior to that Sunday is when I met Eric. So Eric invited me to this church and I had no idea what I was getting into. So um, I go home and I tell my wife, I say, hey, I met this guy, Eric. He's invited me to come to his church. And I think, well, let's just put off being on staff at this church just one more week, let's just wait. And uh, so we go there the next morning and I'm following the address on Google Maps and we pull up and it's this house and I was really confused at the time. I didn't know that it was gonna be inside of a house. It's a little small detail. He had failed to mention the night prior. And, uh, and so we're sitting there and I see this couple walk out of the uh, house next door and they walk out and they walk across their lawn. And then they walk <laughs> into the front door and I'm like, I, I think this is the church base. So anyway, so we go in and, uh, and, uh, and Eric's there with his big smiling face and greets us. And that was the very first day of a very long journey with LCMF. Um, so that was in their very first house from there. Uh, Eric and then graduated to a bigger home and we helped dig out that bigger home and then from the bigger home is when we went to the storefront Eldridge down here and most of you guys who have been here probably for the past couple of weeks have experienced building this place out so this is the first build out that I've missed so I'm jealous but that just kind of gives you a little bit of history of where I come from and how I met these guys I've known Eric for a very very long time five years and um, if it wasn't for the the faithfulness of these guys and the prayers and the the honesty to, uh, I guess, constructively criticize my life, uh, I would not be the man that I am today, hands down. So before we get into what I'm going to talk about, let's pray again, because we can never pray too much, all right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for who you are, Lord. Lord, I want myself just to fall aside tonight, God. I want the testimony of what you've done in my life, Lord, to minister, God, because it's only by your spirit, the things that you have done, Lord, and I know that it is only by your spirit that things can be accomplished, Father. That words can't, that actions can't, but Lord, you can. So, Father, do that tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. <laughs> um, so, when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about, I cannot even begin to express the amount of words that I got from the Lord. Um, but I thought tonight what I would do is I would share a little bit of what's been happening in my life over the past three weeks to kind of tell you where I've gotten out now. So, to preface it, I want to I want to do like a... Y'all remember those sword Bible things y'all would do in the... In the Years past, like I would start out a scripture and you find it as fast as you can. But mm-hmm, sure. well, we're not going to do that. Instead, what I want to do is, Cassidy. What is your favorite scripture verse of all time, right now? What twenty-eight. Which says, uh, "God works in all things for the good of those who love Him, and according to His." They're called according to His purpose. Amen. <laughs> Brandon, favorite scripture verse of all time, uh, right it's now. It's in First Kings three. For those of you guys that are, you need to start flipping because you're about to get asked. <laughs> no. who says, "What, Brandon?"
2: Now, O Lord, my God, First Kings 3, verse 7. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of
1: yours? Come on. J.J., David, skip your verse. Uh,
0: Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be out of you.
1: Love it. David Hall?
2: First
1: Corinthians Come on, that's a good one. Does anybody else want to share their favorite scripture verse right now? Yes.
0: Isaiah 43. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. Of your sins. Come on. In Proverbs 13, 4. The slaughter craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the devil's are of Come on. Anybody else want
1: to share theirs? Yes.
2: Daniel. 1, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of Come on. No Ellen. Do everything without
1: complaining
2: or arguing.
1: Philippians <laughs> 2, four, four. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody else want to share their favorite scripture verse? Philippians 4, Bring it on. <laughs> for <God. laughs> It's okay. Joy the water. Come on. Anybody else? Yes, no? Go for it. Acts 2, 25. I saw the Lord always before the Lord is at my right
2: hand.
1: Come on, man. Hebrews 4, 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering, his rest still stands. Let us be careful that none of us, that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Come on. That's a good one. Anybody else? So whenever I first met Eric, we go and we eat lunch. And that's the very first question that he asks me. He says, so what is your favorite scripture verse? And at this point in time, my favorite scripture verse was Micah 7, 8, which says, do not gloat over me, my enemy, for though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, my Lord will bring me into the light. And throughout the stages of life, hopefully your favorite scripture verse is changing. There was a time period when David's, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. At one point in time, that was my favorite scripture verse. Uh, here in the past three weeks, my scripture verse has changed. And I want to share it with you guys at the end of tonight. And kind of, kind of just give you a testimony of what's been happening in my life over the past three weeks. And then we'll get to the word a little bit. Does that sound fair enough? Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so let's rewind time. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I have got to make a trip to Houston, Texas with my wife and my daughter who is five months old now, and we've got to come do a photo shoot here in Sugar Land, Texas. So prior to this, we had arranged to stay with my sister Natalie and with JJ, and JJ's family ended up coming into town, so we had to find other arrangements to stay, um, and so we ended up getting uh, to stay with my granny and my paw for the weekend. Now. It, me, the control freak that I am, I'm already a little upset that I've already had plans and established plans with my sister and JJ, and now my plans are changing, so I'm already like frustrated just for the trip to begin, just to be honest with you, right? So we get in the car, and we're driving to Sugarland, and we get about mm, you know 40 minutes maybe outside of Little Rock, because it's a little exaggeration, maybe 30 minutes outside of Little Rock, <laughs> and Debbie has forgotten something that we can't forget. Um, so we have a five-month-old baby. We have to... Um, provide nutrition for that 5 month old baby and the nutrition that was going to be provided we had to fill in the blanks, we had to go back and get this nutrition. And so we we had to turn the car around, that's how the trip began, is having to turn 30 minutes around and go all the way back, and then having to drive all the way to my granny and pawpaws which is like an hour out of the way. The way that trip ended is we get back into Little Rock, Arkansas at about 3.30 in the morning, I get the whole car unpacked, everything's out. Sitting by the door, I get my daughter out, and we are ready to go inside of the house. And we go to unlock the front door, and the key somehow to my house has been mysteriously lost over the weekend. So at 3.30 in the morning, I have to reload the car back up, put it back in there, and I have to wake up my uncle at 4.15 in the morning and ask him if I can stay at his house. So we were locked out of our house for about a day after that. So I can't explain to you the frustration (laughs) during this weekend because it was like that from the very beginning of forgetting something to the very end of losing the keys just this don't if you say one wrong word to me right now have you guys been there before yes. you know yeah so um so that weekend ended and it wasn't within maybe 12 hours i received a phone call from my uncle cheney and he says hey gabriel are you sitting down And i said nope let me go sit down so i go and sit down and he delivers the news that my grandpa, my Pawpaw Bert, has been killed That he's dead. And um, my Pawpaw Bert is uh, um, a mechanic. He restores old cars, that's what he did for about 10 years after he retired. And um, I was just with him the weekend prior. So the very last memory I have of my Pawpaw is is he's sitting down on a rocker, uh, as he does, and I walked up behind him and I put my hands on his shoulders and I said, stand up and give me some loving, old man. So he stood up, and I gave him a hug, and I said, I love you, Paul, And he said, I love you too, son. And that's the very last memory I have of my Paul. So I walked out. Um, weekend ended. I get this phone call from Chaney. Uh, my Paul was out in the garage. Do all of y'all know what happened to my Paul? Okay. He was out in the garage, and he was working on one of his cars. Um, he worked late into the night, and he's got this huge slant hammer. And it's up on a six-foot lift, and he's just going to town trying to get the alignment in. And he hit it too hard, and the lift slid out from me the car, and the car fell on top of my pawpaw and killed him instantaneously. So, so receiving that phone call now, it's like, okay, this past weekend, what I just went through, is really not that bad. Because now i got to go through and experience, and this is the first time I've experienced death ever in my family. I don't mean for a heavy balloon to soak in on a room, nothing like that. But um, so I have to repack up my family, my wife and my son. We hadn't even been in Little Rock for 12 hours and I've got to drive now back to Angleton, which is a 10 hour drive. Any of you guys who have any kids, if you've ever been in a vehicle with a five month old daughter, that's, that's challenging within itself. So now we've got to drive all the way back there and just the whole experience within itself, um, it's just kind of like in this gloom, like in this daze, like this, this isn't real. I just saw my pawpaw this past weekend. There's no way that he's possibly dead right now. Um, so, during this time, progressively, while this story is taking place with my pawpaw, um, my son Grayson is progressively getting sick. And he has asthma. And so, we, um, we, we kind of knew that every time we go to Texas, his allergies mess up. Uh, so, we just kind of expected this to happen anyway. So, we get to Houston. And as the days go on and on, he starts to get more sick and more sick. And the day of my papa's funeral, Grayson, uh, who's three, is running at 103.6 degree temperature. Um, and so I go to the viewing of my papa, and Debbie calls me saying that it was hard to wake Grayson up because he was in such a deep sleep, and it really scared her. So we went to the emergency room in Angleton, and um, whenever we got there, it's like Grayson just all of a sudden got better. He wasn't as bad as what he was. Uh, so I just... For some reason made a decision i don't want to take him to the emergency room tonight but i met her there ended up sending her home we had the funeral the next day um and the next day thursday night friday morning we make the long track back all the way to little rock um, and on the track back grayson is um, i don't know if you've ever been around a kid that has got that high of a fever but it's like they radiate heat it's like i could, i have to touch his forehead and i could feel the heat coming off of his body And just constantly coughing and um, just real, not himself, like Grayson likes to fight and he likes to talk. So when he wasn't wanting to fight and he wasn't wanting to talk, I kind of knew something was wrong. So we get into Little Rock and instead of driving home, it's now about 4.15 in the morning, we decide to drive straight to Arkansas Children's Hospital, which is in Little Rock. So we get there, and the first couple of tests that they do is they test his um, temperature. At that point in time, it's now a little bit up to almost 104, it's like 103.9. And his oxygen level was down to 79. So as soon as that happens, they have to put your child on oxygen, which means that you're getting checked into the hospital now. You can't just go to the emergency room, get your little fix, and then move on. It's now you're getting admitted into the hospital. So because of this, they're thinking he may have pneumonia. So they're wanting to take him in to get his x-ray, his chest x-ray done. And I told Debbie to stay with Darby and I'll go with Grayson to get this chest, this, this chest x-ray done. And this is quite literally the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, we walk into this room and two guys um, about the size of JJ, maybe a little bit bigger than JJ. They've got these masks on and this, these gowns and the gloves because they don't want to get sick from Grayson. And they said, sir, we need to get your son to take his shirt off. And we got to do an x-ray of his, of his chest. And if it doesn't cooperate, we're going to have to take his shirt off. Um, we're going to put him inside of the chest chamber. And I'll explain what the chest chamber is here in a second. So, like, I'm down on one knee and I'm begging Grace. And I'm like, Grace son, trying to reason with a three-year-old first off just isn't <laughs> happening. So, I'm like, son, look, you just let me take your shirt off. And he's, like, flipping out already. No! has become his favorite word. No! I don't want to take my shirt off. So, I say, son... If you don't take your shirt off, I'm going to take your shirt off for you. And uh, it's like one of those things where like, I, I kind of feel like the father is like that with us sometimes. It's like, look, I know what's best for you. And we're like, no. Nah. He's like, hey, look, if you don't do this, I'm going to make it to where you have to do this. <laughs> so anyway, so these two guys come over and they get Grayson's shirt off. And they bring over um, something that is about the size of um, Brandon's stool. It's got a circle like that. And they take Grayson's legs and they fit him inside of this thing. So this thing kind of clamps around his legs. And so all that's dangling is like from his thighs down. So he can just kick his legs, right? (laughs) And then then one guy takes his hands, holds Grayson's hands and does this with him. So over his head, right? So, So holding Grayson's hands over his head. And then the other guy brings this chamber around and closes it around Grayson and tightens it. So that Grayson is stuck in the position where his legs are straight, his arms are straight in the air, and he is just kicking And the whole time he's going daddy daddy please don't let these guys do this to me daddy but i mean like to the point where i'm like breathe son breathe and i'm wanting to deck these guys out like i'm wanting to knock them out um so we have to go back into this room because i can't get the radiation and i'm looking through the glass window and grayson is all alone inside this room just like kicking and screaming for his dad and I told those, those two guys, I said, whenever this is done, I'm going to be the one to go out and get him out of that chamber. Uh, that way I could be like his hero, you know? <laughs> so so that ordeal ends, and I go and get him out of the chamber, and the very next thing that we go to is he's got to get an IV put into his hand. So when he gets an IV put into his hand, he is already like at the point of just, I mean, just utter wanting, uh, Just it's just crazy so three nurses one nurse has got to lay on his legs one nurse has got to lay on his chest and the other nurse has got to pin his arm back and kind of flip it around to get the iv inside of his hand and uh and that that was the that was almost a breaking point for me um i kind of lost it at that point and i screamed at one of the nurses um and she looked at me she said sir dad if you need to step out of the room you can do that and i said okay So I stepped out of the room, and so and so that kind of went by a little bit, and then we get checked into the hospital, and um, Grayson's on oxygen, he's got his IV, and they're just kind of we're waiting for the pneumonia tests to come back at this point. Well, as we walk in, uh, we're in the back part of the hospital room. There's already a gentleman with his son there, so I kind of walk past and I look at him, you know, and I look at his son, and I go to our section, and the doctor comes in and talks to us and. Uh, he says, well, the pneumonia uh, x-ray came back, and your son doesn't have pneumonia. So um, what this means is that we're going to have to do a swab for the flu. And if we do a swab for the flu, that means you guys are going to be here for at least two days, and uh, your son's going to have to go in isolation, which means he's going to be in his own room. Anytime somebody comes and visits, you got to have the cap and gown and mask and gloves and yada yada. So I said, okay. I mean, I didn't know what else to say. So... He said, okay, we'll we'll swap for the flu, so you got about an hour. We'll get these these people out of your room so you can be in isolation. So during this hour, I go over to visit with the guy and his son. It's probably at this time 8 o'clock in the morning, so he's awake. And I go introduce myself. I say, hey, my name's Gabriel, and what are you in for? Uh, um, What are you in for? (laughs) And uh, and anyways, he kind of looks at me and he's like uh, nervous when he says it. He says, well, um, he's like, I recently. became a christian i was like oh so you love jesus And he's like yeah he's like and uh the holy spirit led me to go get my son from louisiana and i was like well wait a second so tell me the story about what happened so this kid he's six years old and this man him and his wife got divorced six years ago and whenever they got divorced the wife took the little boy with her so now six years has passed, this guy becomes a Christian, falls in love with Jesus, and the Lord directs him to go and visit his son in Louisiana. So when he shows up in Louisiana, he goes into his son's bedroom, and his son is mal uh, malnourished, um, hasn't been taught how to speak, hasn't been taught how to walk, uh, but whenever he walked in, the kid couldn't even pick his head, his, his head up off of the bed. And um, just like literally skin and bones, like I think that... You know, his body was just trying to take care of itself, so so it's like all cramped up because the nutrition and stuff is just kind of. um, And at that moment, I kind of realized I don't have it that bad. Um, And so I had a chance to talk with him, and so now that guy is going through a whole sort of ordeals. I've got no idea, but I had a chance to talk with him and pray with him and pray with his son and. You know, I think just interacting with his son meant a lot to him because I bet a lot of people just walk past him and think that his son is probably (coughs) mentally ill or something like that. But to no fault of the kid, it's just the way that he got raised. So they put us in isolation and we're there for five nights and six days. um, And there was no um, pneumonia, there was no flu, there was no RSV, there was no nothing. So we've got no idea what happened to Grayson. Um, it wasn't any kind of asthma attack because his lungs weren't inflamed or anything like that. Uh, so it eventually got to the point where he just got better. His oxygen level started to climb back up. Um, and he just like got back to himself. And so I thought, man, is it is it like our Lord to make my son get sick, to go into the hospital, to see this guy, to have the opportunity to encourage him and strengthen him in his faith because I can handle something like this? I don't know. Maybe. Um, so... Grayson is now out of the hospital. During this time, we're having to balance because Darby can't be there, my four-month-old daughter. So she's having to stay with friends and family and I'm having to rotate and having to go home at night and Debbie's having to go home at night and we're having to flip-flop. And that right there gave me a whole new perspective for what people go through inside of the hospital. Um, so we get home and we've noticed that Darby has started to get a little cough and um so we take her into the pediatrician and not like a cough like a small cough like one of those coughs where it's like her tongue's taken out of her mouth and she just can't stop coughing so anyways so to top all that off darby ends up getting rsv which is like it's just a virus it's just like a virus in the lungs but still for a kid to go through it it's there's nothing you can do about it you just got to kind of wait it out so darby gets real sick and that's the point where i said enough is enough uh, I had missed leading worship at the church for two weeks now. Um, I had spent a whole lot of time in the Word with the Lord, and I kind of felt like the Lord was waking me up a little bit. And so, when I when I said that enough was enough, um, I started going to the church again and uh, leading worship. I gather around men and women to pray for me and pray for Darby and for Drayson. And um, one miracle that came out of it, we were supposed to give Darby um, albuterol, which is like a uh, it's like a inhaler, you know. <laughs> And uh, we found out that the inhaler that we were giving her was empty, so there was no medication in the um, inhaler, and she got healed. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So it's like we were like blowing the Holy Spirit inside of her. You know. So um, anyway, so that's kind of what my life has been like for the past three weeks. It's just been one thing after another after another after another. And I uh, this past Saturday had the opportunity to go on a retreat. And it was with my worship team, and uh, we had a, a four-hour time of solitude. It's like a four-hour period just to go seek the Lord, get in His face, pray, get in His Word, and have Him speak to you, and then come back and tell us what He told you. So this is going to be the first time that I'm fixing to be able to go out and process this. I'm be able to process my Paul's death. I'm fixing to be able to process what happened to Grayson. I'm fixing to be able to thank the Lord for healing my daughter Darby, um, and I'm really excited to get alone. Well, there's about 70 people on the retreat, and uh, we're at one cabin, and there's a, a whole line of cabins in this big open field, and everybody can see everybody, so I'm walking around, but like, I can look over here, and I can see Amy, I look over there, and I see John, um, and so no like time of solitude. So there was a line of three cabins, and uh, I prayed. I was like, Lord, I would really like to get inside one of those cabins. Um, so I go to the first cabin, the front door, and the back door locked, the second cabin, the front door, and the back door locked the third cabin, front door's locked and I'm walking to the back door and I'm like, if there's a God please let this back door be unlocked ah, the door was unlocked so I go and I close the door and as soon as I close it, I just drop to my knees and I lose it, because there's so much emotion that's going on in me at this point in time I can stand here and not lose it in front of you because I've already lost it so
0: um,
1: it's like the, the, the wave of emotions that I went through, it's, it's the anger at my pawpaw is now gone, it's that generation of man that was in my life, was he was the only one. He was the only generation of that man that was in my life. And now I'll never be able to glean wisdom from him again. That to me is the most lost, precious thing. Um, so I had a chance to process that. And I had a chance to process what was going on with Grayson and, and asking the Lord, if, if that's the reason why you wanted me to go to the hospital was to see that man... Thank you for the opportunity to do that. And I hope that I was obedient enough in going to talk to him and I didn't just stay in my little situation and completely ignore that guy. So from there I went and I sat on this little desk that was inside the cabin and I got into the Word. Um, and it was one of those, I don't even know where to start because I need you to speak to me, Lord. And I know that a lot of you have been here before. It's kind of you just flip the Bible open. It doesn't happen very often, but you flip it open and you start reading and all of a sudden a passage comes alive to you like it never has before. Did that happen to some of you guys before? Oh, yeah. So it happened to me, and uh, let's go to where I went to. So it's Matthew chapter 20. There. Okay, I'm just going to read this whole parable um, from start to finish with no interruptions. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So, When they came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. Let's stop right there. So I read that. And whenever you just read that, it's just, it's just a parable. Um, and you take the, the Jewish and the Gentile correlation there. The Jews have been in this game a very long time. They've been doing it since the beginning. They went through Egypt and yada, yada, yada. And then Jesus dies, and now all of a sudden these Gentiles can be grafted into this promise that you gave us a long time ago. So there's that correlation, which I don't really want to get into, because that's not what this scripture verse meant to me this day. So this, during this time period um, of sitting in the cabin, I found myself grumbling and complaining. Like, honestly, I was really angry. Um, just like, Lord, why on earth would you take my pop off from me? Why on earth would you have me go to the hospital for five days, five nights, and six days, Don't you know how much work I miss now? Don't you know how much stuff I needed to begin and accomplish from that? And that's just me being real. Like, I was really upset. Uh, Because now, all of a sudden, a lot more work is going to be piled on top of me than I have to do over the next couple of weeks to make up for missing a week. Um, Which, within itself, is selfishness. I understand that now. Um, But reading this passage, I just kind of want to break it down for you and then tell you what it meant to me. So this guy goes out and he finds some workers. And he says, hey, I'm going to agree with you, okay, Brandon? Come work for me. I'm gonna pay you ten dollars. Come on. Nope, say that keep saying This is just an okay. idea. Talking out loud. Okay? And then like five or six hours go by, and then I get Stephanie to come work for me, and I say, I'm gonna pay you ten dollars. Come on. Right? And then there's like one hour left in the day, and I say, David, come work for me, I'm gonna pay you ten dollars, man. The thing is, is that all three of them agreed to the exact same wage. And so I want to correlate that. Isn't it the same with us? Haven't we all agreed to the same wage? Of the gift of eternal life it is hey you know what brandon you believe in me you live your life for me i'm going to give you this gift of eternal life you're going to get to live with me forever and it's like god says you know what this is what i'm willing to pay you and so when you make that decision to follow him at that point in time you step into becoming a worker and the harvesting of his fields um and when i found myself he said gabriel are you seriously grumbling and complaining about the work that i've set before you Because you know what's going to happen is there's going to be some people who are going to be on their deathbed, and God's not going to call them to work like Eric and Peter worked. God's not going to call them to work the way that I worked. But I just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has called me to work. And he said, this is what I've agreed to pay you. Quit your grumbling and complaining because you're going to receive the exact same gift that everybody else is going to get. And it's like immediately just this peace kind of came over me. And I never thought about that scripture verse like that before. Uh, I really genuinely think the Holy Spirit kind of kind of enlightened me in that area, so I wanted to share that with you. Um, and the very last thing is going to be what my favorite scripture verse is now, and it can be found in the book of James. Uh, James chapter one. Can anybody guess what my favorite scripture verse is going to be? <laughs> 19 let's try it how about James 1 2 okay Jeez. consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything if any of you lacks wisdom he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him So that one through five has recently become my favorite scripture verse. And it's because the season that I'm going through, God is telling me, hey, you know what? I want to make you into a mature Christian. And really, what are you willing to sacrifice for me? If it came down to it, would you be willing to give up your son? If it really came down to it, would you? I don't know that I can answer that question right now in the youth of my Christianity. I don't know. I would like to think that I could. Um, You know, are you willing to lose those that are closest around you for the sake of me and the gospel? You know, Matthew uh, 10 talks about, um, he says, God says, Do not think that I've come to this earth to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. And recently what the Lord's been sharing with me is that this very thing that I've become friend with, whether it's not I'm driving a nice car, or I'm living in my big home, or I've got a business that's making me bajuku's of money, all of those things aside is that those are things that are making me become a friend with the very thing that God is waging war against He is out to destroy this earth. And so whenever you find yourself attached to it, whether it be your mom or your dad, whether it be your brother and sister, or whether it be your own kids, the word is very specific. It says, if you do not love me more than you love your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your children, you are not worthy of me. And so here recently, it's become very real to me. Um, So that's all I got. Um, I'm not long-winded. So I hope that blessed you guys. I hope that you guys can take something from that. So remember that parable, don't grumble and complain about the work that God has set before you. uh, Because we're all in this for the exact same pay. Um, And then when it really comes down to it, realize that the trials and tribulations that you go through is for one reason. And that's to teach you perseverance so that you can grow into a mature Christian. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Jesus, God, I thank you so much, Father. As hard as it is to say, I thank you for trials, and I thank you for tribulations, Lord. God, I thank you for trusting me with the fact that you can put my son inside of a hospital. God, and you trust that I'm going to be obedient to you, Lord. God, I pray the exact same thing for my brothers and sisters here. God, I pray that when it comes down to it, Lord, that they would not grumble and complain about the work that is set before them, Father. But they would realize that it is only creating perseverance inside of them. And so in return, God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Lord, that you would allow them to see the situations around them and understand it for what it is. Mighty God, we trust you. We trust you with our hearts. We trust you with our lives. God, we trust you with our families. God, we trust you with the men that have gone overseas, Lord. God, we trust you with... Everything. And so, what that means, Lord, is take everything, Father, if you need to. God, we love you and we thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing. And it is in the precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. 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 One oh,
0: well, thing I need, uh, we've we got a little time here. We're, we're a little more than used to. So, take some time and, and uh, just fellowship a little bit. Uh, remember, this Friday is the, uh, the Women's Bible Study at 10 o'clock at the Shoemaker's. Uh, please keep all the men in prayer as they are flying they already flew above us but they're flying uh, flying eastward at this moment so keep them in your prayers and uh, be blessed and go to the Lord yes uh, is there anything special that we are doing early Sunday morning as far as praying for, praying for the church organized before you know like uh, yeah I mean it's just as usual from 9 to 10 that hour of prayer so just come in we'll have some music going and we'll uh just saturate this place this place with some prayer. So any other questions? Anything else? Hold on? Any needs, Anything we you want us to keep in prayer? Yes? Yeah. Keep Tanner in prayer. The healing's good except for one little part, and now he's got liquid and it's not healing and one little scott in this okay. in incision. And they're real concerned about infection right now. Okay. Yes. We're going to be traveling this Friday, just for a second. But, okay. uh, we're, while we're there in our, our hometown,
2: these uh, workers are proud and, and preach your to our family.
0: I'd like to ask for prayer for my next younger sister. She's the one who cares for my mom. Mm-hmm. She and her husband are going through the beginnings of divorce and some really tumultuous times. They're both Christians. That's not the Lord, but it's where they're at, and her name is Dawn, I like the sunrise. Dawn sometimes. Is that her full name? In the middle name? Dawn, Dawn like the sunrise? Dawn Ray Kane.
2: I'd like to pray for a gentleman at work. Uh, he has cancer, terminal cancer, and is living stable. He's been in the hospital now for three weeks. But we've been home to 60 pounds uh, his wife is going to work with the joy of the Lord in her heart a smile on her face they've got two 14 year old twin daughters and uh, they just need prayer what's his name? his name is Dave Cook and her name is Tracy Cook does he know the Lord? yes and he just re, uh, he was just rebaptized and his son <clears throat> also, I'm having vocal cord surgery on Tuesday morning. All right. And uh, please pray for me that I can be quiet for all week. <laughs> 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 yeah, i will
0: take the Lord. Give it us
2: about what <laughs> <laughs> you so we can provide meals or something. Anything else?
0: Let's just pray. God, thank you for this time this evening. God, uh, God, we just speak healing in all these areas of life, God. uh, Lord, and Tanner and and, and David and Bill, God, that you would just complete the work. God, that you have begun in them. God, that you would just begin to strengthen all those areas in their bodies. God, we pray for Don. God, that you would just, uh, God, your complete love, God, would just surround that situation. God, we pray for the Hutchinsons. God, we pray for Mario and his family, God, that you would just uh, continue to protect them and, and keep your hands upon them. God, we pray for the men of this church as they go and, and, and uh, advance your kingdom, God, that you continue to keep your hand of protection upon them. God, that your kingdom would be spread, God, in all the areas of our lives, God, as we go back to our homes, God, as we travel away for seasons, God, that your kingdom would always be advancing. It would not be, uh, God, a break. It would not be a time where we just kick back and relax. But, Lord, that your light would go forth, that your kingdom would go forth, God, as, as, as we are those lights and, and shine into our families, God. That we bless You and give You all the glory, God. May You continue, God, to work in us, God, and to, and to cut away in us, God, and shape us and mold us and make us the men and the women of God that You have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.